Views expressed by any of the guests appearing on the locals are not necessarily the views of the host of the locals or the underwriters of the locals. Good day, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of The Locals, your talk podcast all about everybody's favorite place, Cape May, New Jersey, and the surrounding area. Good show lined up today. Uh, I've been looking forward to the show. I know a lot of you have. I know that. And uh, so stand by. We're going to introduce our guest in just a second. This is uh, episode 137. Uh, zooming on February the 3rd, 2021, and you'll find this link on three group pages on Facebook, Locals of Cape May, Cape May Live, and Cool Cape May, and then uh, John will get the link up. It'll be available on the SoundCloud app, iTunes, and at harpoonsonthebay.com website. Our underwriters on the Locals our Cape Assist out of Wildwood, the Exit Zero Filling Station of West Cape Bay, and Uncle Bill's Pancake House in North Cape Bay. Because the uh, Cape Bay location is currently closed for the season. All right, my name is Ed McDonough, host and moderator on the show, and the rest of your locals today are Joe. Joe McLaughlin, Ad Representative for Cape May Mac and owner of Seashore Sound. Brady. Good morning. I'm Brady Shenrock. I am uh, the proprietor of Harpoons on the Bay in North Cape May. Uh, Wendy. Good morning, Wendy Collins, co-owner of the Mission Inn out on New Jersey Avenue, uh, Curious Cape May Bike Tours, and Ripple and Root Gift Shop over in West Cape May all three of which are on a brief hiatus uh, until the beginning of March. Ripple and Root sounds like it would be a good place to go drink. <laughs> Is there a bad place? That's true. No. <laughs> At this stage of the game, any place would be fine. There's no good bad place. I think, John, most, I think most of our listeners remember Ripple. <laughs> that was an old drink, yep. John. Good morning. Um, I'm John Cook. I'm the general manager of the Seacrest Inn on the corner of Beach and Broadway. I'm also the writer for the Cook Cape May blog, uh, occasional photographer for Cape May's um, oldest newspaper, the, actually one of the country's oldest newspapers, The Star and Wave, um, and author of the um, IPA report, according to uh, Ed, apparently. <laughs> you, you and Brady on that one. <laughs> and folks, if you're ever walking around town and you recognize John Cook, do not be afraid to ask the man a question about Cape May, okay? He will be more than happy to help you out. I, right. I get text messages and questions all the time, so something's up. He is the walking barometer of Cape May. Um, I, got, I got to tell you, after reading our guest's resume, 30 minutes later, I was very impressed. Because it took you 30 minutes to read it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Resumes are supposed to be small, but when you want to talk about yourself, you got to do it. I, I, didn't, I didn't know you meant because it was a long resume. I thought you meant you were a really slow reader. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was boring and you fell asleep. <laughs> Good one, Wendy. Good one. Actually, very impressed, Deacon. And with that, we'll let Johnny Cook introduce you. Well, it's my pleasure uh, to introduce a man I would call my friend um, and a man that is also a local into the Cape May community, um, not just because we say we are on the show, but um, Deacon Fashaw Sr. is a, a genuine local born and bred here in Cape May. Um, he's been involved in law enforcement for at least 25 years, covering everything from the prosecutor's office, the Coast Guard, West Cape May, He's a town bank fireman, um, certified firefighter. And Deacon, I tell you, the one line on your resume that really stood out to me was the time that you were the liaison to the training center here in Cape May. And I'm almost thinking that those dates 
crossed paths with when my brother Dan was the, um, he was like the station agent or the agent in charge of mm-hmm. Coast Guard investigative services over there. And he, was, he has, ever since I moved here, um, my brother spoke highly of you. Um, and um, that is all proven to be true. And welcome to the locals, Chief Thank Fashion. Thank you very much. Thank you. You know, I, um, Dave, I want to say real quick, Dave, that email that you sent to the group, Yep. your opening paragraphs is exactly what we wanted to do. That was our, that's what we were looking for in doing the show. So uh, you nailed it. Thank you for that. You're very welcome. I'll try to give you some points though, you know, just a little bit about me so you knew who I was, where I was coming from and, you know, make it a little bit easier. So I know most of you, you know, Wendy and I, We've spoken a few times, but I know most of you from Cape May. That's what we are. So how's it feel two days in? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's sur- I would say it's surreal. Um, you know, it's, it's been a very busy few weeks uh, leading up to this, uh, a long career leading up to this. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's, there's going to be some challenges, but I'm ready for that. Our staff is ready for that. So we have a lot of work ahead of us. Uh, there's no doubt that we're going to move forward and, and do the thing. Well, for, first and foremost, I know we got a lot of questions and topics, but big congratulations. I mean, that's that from much. all of us, because uh, congratulations for not only a great career, but this great opportunity uh, to, to take the next step. Thank you, Wendy. I appreciate that. And also congratulations to our retired police chief, Marino, Anthony Marino, 30 years of service. Uh, thank you for your service. Great job. Yeah, I, to say that about uh, Chief Marino, I, I appreciate that. It's exactly who he was, who he is, a mentor to me. He's, you know, a good friend. We've been friends for a long time. We worked detectives together when I first came back from the prosecutor's office here. Um, he's always had my back. Uh, he's told me from right from wrong. Uh, you know, he, he and Barbara, uh, his wife, are very close friends. And, you know, they, they guide me at times. You, you need that. It's like almost like a second father, almost a brother, though. Hey, Deacon, let's start with... Uh a bio on you for our audience that may not know you that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you take us back to the beginning, how you wound up uh, uh, as a local here in North Cape Bay, born and raised, et cetera. Well, I, you know, as you, as you read there, um, you know, I'm 45 years old. Uh, I've been here since I was about four. I was born in Ocala, but my mother uh, was from this area. Uh, we, we summered here. We were that Philly family that came from Darby and in that area and summered in the villas. Um, my mother went to Florida, where I was born, brought me back here to uh, Cape May area. We lived in West Cape May for a short time, for a long time, actually. Um, went to West Cape May Elementary. Uh, I, I left West Cape May for a short time and went to Star of the Sea, uh, where I, I was in Catholic school for some time in Cape May, Cape May Star of the Sea, um, with Sister June and uh, B. Pasagno and, and, and the like, where they kind of structured me into doing right and wrong as Catholic school kids can do. So um, uh, left, there, left there, obviously attended lower regional schools, you know, school system. At some point during that time, I decided to uh, entertain the idea about becoming, becoming a fireman. Um, there were a lot of things that led up to that uh, prior to me becoming a fireman and becoming a police officer. A lot of people shaped who I am today and molded me. A lot of situations changed my life for the better even as hard as they were, they were for the better. Um, it allowed me to grow um, into who I am. And important people in my life, my mother, uh, who absolutely is my rock. Um, she is the person that has guided me most off um, and led me to who I am. Uh, like I wouldn't be here without her. Uh, my father, my stepfather, Richard, he was a good man. Uh, he's passed on. Um, he, he was an army man. He kind of had that structure of just doing the right thing, shining your shoes, making sure you were, you know, that, we were, that you were respected because respect is earned and not given. Just because I have this, this star and this badge doesn't mean I'm better than you. It just means I'm a part of something. So you have to earn respect. I'll earn all the people that I work with respect uh, and we move forward. Um, and I want to just interject here for a second because I may be the only one that have seen the actual swearing in ceremony. And as I was reviewing it on my phone, while I was picking up takeout at the Seaview, I was texting Deacon. There's a moment where he speaks about his mother and he actually gets 
choked up in front of all of his coworkers and, and these, you know, rah-rah, you know, policemen in the audience. And it spoke to me because, I mean, I'm certainly not a mama's boy, but, um, you know, when you have that kind of respect and background, it, yeah. it speaks volumes. Yeah, not I to think choke it, you up right now. No, no, it's, it's fine, John. I'm, <laughs> you know, it's okay. I, I did get choked up with my mom and speaking about her um, because she's my heart and she's the person that I love um, in this life. And she's, you know, very important to me and I couldn't have done it without her. So, yeah. And not that I wouldn't cry about my father or, or, or my girlfriend, Christine, or my, or, my, or my children. I just, you know, I just, your mother is always your mother. You only get one. And speaking of influential people and the materials that you provided us, it sounded like you had a couple of good mentors or great mentors. Uh, I did. Not just Chief Marino and your mother. Uh, talk a little bit about the people that kind of guided you into this line of work. There were, you know, like I said, there were some situations in my life that, that led me in the police work uh, as a young youth growing up in Cape May, when at a time you could skate, then you couldn't skateboard in town. There was different rules and regulations surfing in Cape May. I was a Boy Scout here in Cape May. And I bumped into the police a lot. We used to go to the teen dances up at the convention hall when they had the teen dances. And uh, one individual, Sergeant William Alvarez, uh, spoke to me generally. He we, he always bumped into me. I always bumped in, into him, and we were, you know, we were friends. Um, he was a police officer, and I looked up to him. He he always saw me either gravitating towards the wrong group or doing something silly, and he always he seemed to pull me back in, and he he kind of forced my way and forced the, the application into my hand at one point. And was like, listen, you need to do something with your life. I, I want to see you're a good kid. You know, I worked at Figaro's Pizza when it was here. You know, with the Kleinberger family and uh, who they were like my second family, my Kate May family, the Kleinbergers, um, uh, and Rich Myers and, and from Import Bazaar and that family there. So Bill was important to me because he focused me in when I could have went, I could have went a lot of ways. I could have went on the scallop boats. I could have went into uh, narcotics. I could have went into doing very wrong things in this at the time in the nineties when I was growing up and in, in, in the eighties. So uh, influential uh, to say the least. So that was your sort of defining moment to lead you to the police force. It was. It, I would say it was defining. Uh, like I said, with with Bill, I call him Bill, Sergeant Alvarez. He, you know, he he focused me, and I had a lot of traumatic things that happened to me during that time. Uh, Ed, you and I have spoken about him. John, you've read about him. You've all read. You know, I, I don't shy away from it because there are important parts of my life that made me stronger. Um, my house burned down kind of led me into being a fireman, you know, in Town Bank. Town Bank and Irma fire companies came and put my house out. And I was working in Cape May at a restaurant called the La Tuck at the time. And, uh, you know, I came home, I go over the West Cape May Bridge. I, my mother and I are driving home and I see my house on fire. And I'm like, wow, we're losing everything. But at that same moment, I realized these men and women that were out there fighting that fire were volunteers. And nothing against the paid service or anything like that. But these men and women got out of their beds during the morning, put my house fire out save some of my, my, my perishables and my, my family memories. And that led me into being a fireman. That led me into being what I wanted to do. I was enamored by their, their courage and struggle because my house really burnt down. And uh, some things after that, the, the murder of my brother, uh, Maxie Fashaw in Wildwood, um, that was traumatic, traumatic for me. And at that point, my mother sat me down and said, listen, you need to make a decision. You need to make a decision that's going to be life-changing. Either you're going to hang with these people that are associated with who killed your brother or the kids you're hanging out with in school and, you know, guide yourself, you know, and I knew living under her roof, there was no other way. So I could do right. I could leave and go do something else, but I wouldn't eat. So I had to make a decision. That episode with your, your uh, brother, Deacon, that happened in Wildwood? Yeah, I was in the city of Wildwood. Um, uh, there was an unfortunate incident, uh, you know, in Wildwood. I actually had saw him earlier in the evening, that evening. Um, my brother and I, we didn't grow up together, but we were, you know, we were close later on uh, in time. Uh, he was, you know, he was busy in his life and he was raising his kids. He was older than me, 25. And I had saw him earlier in the evening and, you know, he was kind of busting my chops a little bit about hanging over near Wildwood, near the bowling alley. He's like, hey, you know, get your little butt back to Cape May. You know, you're a Cape May kid, stay over there. Because Wildwood at the time was, was very different you know there was a lot of narcotics there was a lot of activity 
um, you know, you had the boardwalk, then you had walking in a little further, the mall, you know, the, the business district, but then you had, you know, commissioner's court. And that's where my brother lived and, my, you know, some of my family. So um, he was murdered there by some gentlemen that came from Los Angeles uh, to do right from wrong. They were running from another homicide and they came in contact with my brother and my brother's a strong man. He fought them. You know, he fought the one man, he beat him and they decided to pull out guns because he won. And at the, in the end of it, he lost. So he had a lot of decisions that he needed to make. He could have cowered and ran back into the brick building behind a steel door, but his children were behind that door. And my sister and her family were there and he decided to, instead of running into that building, he stood his ground. Um, right from wrong, he's not here anymore, but he made a decision to not let his children be killed. Uh, How old were you then, Deacon? Uh, 15, you know, 15 years old or so. Um, you were young. It, you know, it was very impressionable. You know, I mean, either I could have, pardon the word, thugged out and been different or owned it and, and learned from it. And I learned from it. And like after that situation, a really good friend of mine, Ricky Sini, um, had an unfortunate incident here in, in Cape May in Broad Street Court. And, and you know, he, he took his life. And, you know, it was a situation that really changed me. I was really angry at life. And at that point is when I reached out for Bill Alvarez. I was angry at life. I wanted to do wrong. He saw me coming from the old Wawa down here <clears throat> on Broad Street. And he said, you know, what's wrong with you? I was crying. I was upset. You know, I was probably dressed down and, you know, in my attire. And he, you know, he made me go home and reread that application. And a few years later, I decided this is what I'm going to do. Being a member of the West Cape May Fire, Fire Department, I was around a lot of older gentlemen, um, Bud DeHart. Um, Glenn Reeves and Chuck McPherson, they they kind of guided me into, you know, doing right because I was around elders. I, I respect my elders and I couldn't be a, a hood. I couldn't be a thug. I couldn't be something wrong. I couldn't be this skate kid coming in there with my, you know, acting a fool. You had to grow up really quick. And 17, 18 years old, I had to grow up. That threw me into um, becoming a fireman and I was interacting with the Cape May Police Department. And I, I, I liked the uniform. I, maybe I was a little scared about going into the military, but I, you know, cause I am a mama's boy, John. So I didn't want to leave my mom. I was going to college, but um, <laughs> you know, I, <clears throat> I come from a strong Italian family. You know what I mean? So my father is black my mother is Italian. You know, we did the ancestry thing um, a few months, a year ago. And you know, I'm 49% Italian and the rest of me is a mixture of whatever Cameroon and everything else. But my mom is 98% Italian. So I own that. I love being, a black man, but I love being an Italian man because I can eat whatever I want. And what you see below here is uh, a testament of that. So that's who I am a little bit. It's a shame they hired somebody with no personality, guys, to run this. Uh... I can talk. I can talk. You know, you may not like me, but you'll learn to love me. So, Hey, Deacon, did you, yeah. when, when you were a child growing up down here, and you, after you saw what you saw in Wildwood, did you ever think you were ready to stray on the wrong path of life? Yeah, I absolutely could have made a lot. You know, I'm not a perfect man, so I really own that. I, I could have definitely went the wrong way with that. As angry as I was, and at the time how things were with the world, my path could have been completely different. And with, with the love of my family and, and the strength of the men and the women in the fire department and the police department, that was my new family and I knew no other. Uh, the blue family and the red family of the fire department, I knew no other, no other. So um, I, I'm fortunate for that. And Ed, you and I know each other from the cable company. So I was around a lot of people. I worked at TKR back in the day in Wildwood. I was hired on a communications grant. Um, they put me through college. You know, my mother, you know, she worked very hard, worked for the state um, and, you know, she could afford so much things, but you know, college wasn't really in my, in my wheelhouse. And I didn't want to stress her out with having to pay for it, but she did everything she could to make it, make that happen. My grandmother as well, Edith, um, my heart as well. Um, but my mom and the cable company, we put things together and, you know, working with Nick Thompson and the group there, um, Pete Berkowitz, we, you know, they were able to put me through college and I, you know, I decided to become a police officer, but they understood that because they knew who I was. Yeah. They were some good days over there, Deacon. Absolutely. Absolutely. I could talk forever about me. You can ask me questions, whatever you that's like. A, that's awesome. That's the whole point. Um, one of the things that I was struck with reading some of the, the documentation that you sent over, um, 
switching from the past to the future a little bit was some of your vision um, for the, the plans for the Cape May uh, Police Department. Uh, you got a long list of things that I know are on an agenda uh, that you want to try to work through. What in your mind would be, where do you start? What's the, the top priority for you this, this coming in on day number three? What's, what really, where's your focus? To breathe <laughs> and to not move quickly. There's no reason to change or reinvent the wheel. Um, we have had a lot of um, challenges and uphill battles over the last couple of years. <clears throat> and in 2016, when Chief Marino took over, um, he, he promoted myself and Lieutenant Bobic to lieutenants. Uh, he sat us down and just said, we need to do better. We need to focus on this department. He, he had a list, which I'm still looking at here in his office, which I took over, of, of agendas. You know, what we're going to do in two years, what we're going to do in three years, what we're going to do in four years. Um, and the, really the focus was the men and women of this department and to make sure that we were better than the day before. So. Um, we work in a very unique area, and I think the, the thing for me is to not make too many changes quickly. I've read a lot of books and studying for courses and, and taking promotional exams, and it's, you know, you don't change, you know, the first six months, just review, look at what you have going on, look mm -hmm. at policy, and, you know, working in politics is not easy for me because sometimes you want to speak when you can't, and that's biting my tongue is hard sometimes. So um, a, a good friend of mine, Clinton Van Barry, told me stay out of the politics, but in this position, very hard. I respect politics. I just have to learn how to deal with it in a police fashion. And Wendy, he's going to become the, the chief of taglines. Um, in his remarks after being sworn in, he did reference Kate May Strong several times. Um, I've heard him use the expression compassionate enforcement, which I think is a, a great thing. But he also said something else in his remarks, which really, it was amazing. He said, come to Cape May for vacation. Don't leave on probation. And I was like, I hope you don't mind me quoting you there, Deacon, but yeah, that was a great, that was a great line. <clears throat> I won't come lie. That, that line, <clears throat> excuse me, that line was from my academy days as a class two when I went to the police academy. We use that on our t-shirts. It was, come to, you know, don't, don't come here on vacation and go home on probation. That's I great. strongly agree with that. I want you to come here. Anybody listening, anybody watching, vacationing or living, um, come to Cape May, West Cape May, Cape May Point. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy our many eateries. Enjoy our culture. We have a lot of culture here, a lot of history that we respect. Everyone in this group, everybody on this platform, everybody watching. If you're watching the locals, you're Cape May. And, you know, you're not just being nosy. You're, re you're watching for a reason. So <laughs> I want people to come here and treat this like your hometown. We welcome you. But don't come here and act a fool because we're not going to deal with that. We're not going to tolerate that. I won't. Our staff won't. Uh, and I know our council won't. And either one, the borough commissioners won't deal with it. Um, the city council here won't deal with it. Nor will the Cape May County Prosecutor's Office deal with it. So enjoy yourself. Enjoy our beaches. Come here on vacation. Do not leave on probation. I love that, it. That, that is a great I love line. It. I love it. So, I love it. And I've been in some of the finest establishments in our town without naming names and and i've seen some of our vacationers not act like the best behavior and i've seen uh you know officer fashaw act with that compassionate enforcement you know so you know <clears throat> we, we want people to have a good time i mean we're in the hospitality business we are you know, i'm going to steal one come for the hospitality not the hospital absolutely <laughs> absolutely uh, you know so yeah, you know, I don't want people coming here and, and thinking they could just do whatever they want to do. Um, but, you know, within reason, we will be compassionate, like you talked about, John, compassionate in our law enforcement initiative, um, but understanding we're mindful of our job. You, the city of Cape May, the borough of Cape May Point, West Cape May, they, we, we took oaths as officers here to protect and serve. That's just, that's not a tagline. That's our, that's our credo. Our mission statement is clear of what we need to do. Um, you know, I come from a lot of, a lot of people that were before me, so I, they paved the way. I just have to continue making sure it's it, it's it's green and it's 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 challenging. So we need to do the best we can. In, in your new position, Deacon, are we going to see you out and about at, at various events? I mean, a lot of my interaction with you, obviously, has been at you know events all over all over the city. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss that part of it a little bit, but I, I, I will make the promise. And I've spoken to a lot of people. The Desatnik Foundation's asked me to make sure I come to their events. Um, Melissa Payne from the Mac and Jody 
um, and Doreen Talley from uh, Chamber, who I work very well with, all those groups. I'm maybe missing some people, but um, I've made it my, my goal to do my business work during the week. A lot of these events are on the weekends or in the you know, early morning hours. You're going to still see me out there. I can't sit behind this desk all day. I need to budget my time, do what I can do during the day to get all this work done, make sure that the city manager and I interact weekly and we deal with what we have to deal with for the city so we can move forward. I need to make sure that uh, our staff is, is connected. It's hard for me to connect because we're in two buildings and, and we can discuss the buildings and we can, do, we can go into that. But as an administrator, I watched Chief Marino struggle with that over the years. Uh, he did very well with it because he would do his, his work here in the office and then he would travel over to West Cape May. Um, we're Italian, so we break bread. Okay, so he's Italian, I'm Italian, we break bread. He made a point of breaking bread with his staff every day, if not, if not for coffee, but for lunch. Um, because it's important to feel, know your people, see if they're having a bad day, talk about their children and families. It's important, and it's hard to do from two places. And it's in the summertime, driving from here in Cape May City on Washington Street all the way over to West Cape May, it's a challenge, you know, and then running back to Cape May for a meeting and you know, interacting. So I'll be out there in the public because I love the public. That's where I do best. So I got to learn how to talk slower and breathe like John told me, <laughs> which I do, but I love people. Um, You're doing a good job. I can, I can deal with people better than I can deal with politics, but um, you know, I'll do my best. I want to be out there. So Joe, I'll, I'll be out there. You'll see me. Good to know you're going to be out and about because I think it's really important to I interact with the public it is. be seen, be visible. And I think it gives, it gives everybody, especially this past season, um, some of the minor events that we did have, mm -hmm. you know, it just made people feel even more safe. Yeah. Than they did. There's a, there's a lot of hours that go into those events that we are in a different um, place right now with how, how I structure events. I've went to a lot of schooling office of Homeland security and preparedness. Uh, I'm a doomsday prepper. So don't get me wrong. Um, it's not, if it's when someone, some group will challenge this little town, this little island. I call it an island because we're three different towns. Um, someone will challenge us, but there's not going to be a day that myself or my staff is not going to stand on the stand and go, well, be questioned. What, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that extra mile to bring the canine unit in from the sheriff's department or come in a little earlier and get boots on the ground and see, I'm, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a movie that I love, uh, We Are Soldiers with Mel Gibson. He's, you know, if you look at that general, he was the first boot on the ground and the last boot off the ground. That's my plan and that's my, my attack. And that's how I ran my events where I want to be the first in and the last out um, for 4th of July for the Christmas parade. Um, there's a lot of things that go on behind these events that you don't know. And I won't even discuss because um, that's, that's security. The town is more secure with our staff, our command staff, our detective division, our patrol unit, um, because we do a lot of preparation for these events for people to come here and have a day in Cape May we're doing our best to protect you because it's a different world right now. Someone will try to attack us one day. I'm not going to not, I'm, I'm not going to be unprepared for it. We'll do the best I can. And Ed, I know you want to talk about the building. We, we can go there, but. Yeah, let's, let's get to that in just a second. But uh, Deacon, do you know Brady? Well, do you guys know each other? Well, yeah, we do. Not just, not just from eating at his restaurant. I mean, Brady, Brady has a, you know, he has a law enforcement career. Uh, he's very good friends with a lot of the lower township police officers that I know. Um, <clears throat> He's that smile you see coming in. You know, I, I see him out in Cape May Point at 7.30 in the morning when he's going out to work and doing his thing. And we've, we've had a lot of contact. And, you know, he's a quiet, big, gentle man, you know. But uh, Brady and I do, do know each other well. Sorry, you Brady. Know, I just got to call it what it is. You, you, know, you know about his background in, in police then? I do. I do. Okay. And I know his, his love of law enforcement. And, you know, there's a lot of things you see Brady do that you don't know about. So he, he's – any event that we've ever had with his, his organization, you know, just having, we, you know, we've had some um, challenges over there in, in Lower and, you know, we've gone over there to eat. He's always opened his doors and been you know, kind to law enforcement for, be it police unity tours, or um, we've had some, uh, we had that event with uh, Lower Township where we did a local, a little triathlon over there and, and different things like that. He also goes down to DC, you know, and he, he, he pledges his allegiance to the fallen officers down there, which I, I admire because, it's hard to get down there. It's hard to look at that wall and to see the men and the women on it and, and not come to tears. And, and he respects that. So that's Brady. I appreciate that. Thanks. Hey, I had, I wanted to, to bring something up. You, you hit on a couple minutes ago and um, we did a show about this 
<clears throat> would have been great. Uh, we, I know we had uh, the fire chief, uh, Alex, on at one point, and it, and I know the voters have spoken, and um, they they made their decision about what to do with with the building. Um, we had we had Lenny Larkin on, who was the um, the the Cape May County Union representative, or um, for the police officers. And he made he made some very compelling remarks and you know and talked about what it's like for these guys and, and women to do their job every day and having to deal with two separate locations. Yeah. But um, you, know, you just hit on something a couple of minutes ago about how it makes the job of the chief a little more difficult. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? And you know, I know I know at the moment that is you know the the, the new police station is off the table, but the 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 new council <clears throat> new session has given some hints that, that that's going to have to be addressed again. Correct. So, Correct. so I did watch that show. I was a part of that group that actually spoke with uh, our rep, uh, Lenny Larkin, who I applaud for coming on and quickly uh, getting his, his head wrapped around what we were doing because he doesn't work for us. He works for the Middle Township Police Department. So he was able to meet with our, our union rep, Derek Murphy, our chief, Chief Marino, and quickly gather our thoughts because – if you understand that that time, we wanted to come on. Uh, we were kind of just advised against doing that because it was a voting agenda. We, as as employees of the city, we were advised not to go on. I was kind of upset with that, but I understood from a political platform where that would have led the voters to think and maybe twisted their minds a little bit. And one thing about the voters and the citizens of Cape May that voted for the two buildings. Thank you. Thank you for making a decision that was mindful for you because that Ultimately, I don't pay taxes here. I don't live in West Cape May anymore. I live in Lower Township. So uh, I probably would have had some thoughts about a $15 million building myself. But understanding that the voters have a reason, have a right to, to vote, and it was given to them. So I respect them. Our department respects them. The one thing I wanted to let my department know, and the one thing that Chief Marino stressed was to make sure that the staff doesn't get bewildered and get upset or disheartened by the vote. And that's what you'll see. You, you're not going to see our staff kicking and screaming, oh, we didn't get a building. We're going to cry about it. We're proud. We're happy that the fire department get, you know, is getting a building. Uh, we would have loved to be in the same building with them. Um, but I understand that this area is a little bit tight, uh, that that row is going to be you know, structured a little differently. I think it's been touted as maybe a historic row or you know, with the church, with the library, with the fire department there. Hey, Michael, how are you? Um, it's, it's one of those things. We will work out of a cardboard box. Working out of the conditions that we work with now aren't the finest. They're, they're not, you know. So we come, most of the staff here comes from humble beginnings. So we're not looking for glitz and glam. We deserve the best, and I want to try to afford that for them, but I understand that it's at a cost. Um, in recent conversations with Manager Vol and Manager Velasco uh, and, and Zach as well, uh, the mayor, we, he, he's made it clear for me to relate to my staff that we will get a building. We just don't know where. We're going to find some land. We're going to do that. They have a lot of projects going on, a lot of things that they need to fix. Um, and I know that they will. Um, I, you know, I'm in my 23rd year in this department, 25th, 26th year as a police officer because I've worked in law enforcement since you know, 1994, 95. So um, that show that you guys did, I appreciate everyone making the comments. Uh, Lenny Larkin coming on. Michael, you made some strong comments there because you have built a building. You were, you know, you were in that position to build a building. And the $5 million mark in this market right now is going to be tough to grab and the fire department to get everything they want in that. But I feel that council will hopefully be strong enough to give them what they want. And I think the, the conversation continues now because we can't wait three years to start our building. Lou Belasco and I have talked. Um, he wants to start now and, and just get everything rolling now because as he explains to me, there's permitting, there's things I don't understand with Capra and everything else. And, um, you know, he's made it very clear that he's been in, you know, in, in contact with me that he will work with us, with our department to, you know, hit the angles. And there are some locations that we're going to look at and we're going to definitely, you know, look at that. And we want to keep it in Cape May. You know, there was talk about putting it in West Cape May or moving it elsewhere, but kind of hard to do. You know, I, I'm very, you know, I'm in contact with Mayor Sabo. Um, and, and I spoke to the mayor in Cape May Point, and we, we just want to do the thing. We have a very unique island here. What Cape May Point residents want, 
and that borough commission wants is different than what West Cape May Commission wants. And then it's completely different than what Cape May City wants from traffic enforcement for, for, for police officers being on the street and, he, and, and around. Everyone's protection, everyone wants protection, but they want it in a different fashion, you know? So we have to guide that. And Brady, you spoke about having two buildings, very difficult to touch and feel your people because you need to be in you know, contact. I need to walk down the hallway where someone come in my office in two minutes and talk. And you know, it's hard to do that miles away. Hey, Deacon, can you touch on a little bit more? Just, um, I'm probably the new, I'm, I think I am the new local uh, on the show. Uh, only been in town for about five years, but these guys probably know the answer, but maybe some of our listeners don't. Can you just talk about the arrangement with the Cape May City Police and the way you interact with the rest of the island, including the Coast Guard? Like, just a, a, a brief overview of how that all works together. So, as John mentioned earlier, I, um, I was the events liaison for the department for four or five years. Um, and even prior to that, I worked very closely with, uh, with Lieutenant Lear, who was our lieutenant. He was the events planner. Um, and that's, you know, it sounds like a wedding planner, but it's more than that in Cape May because, you know, we're races, runs, events. More recently, some of the, uh, the protests from the Black Lives Matter to the, the, uh, the political rallies that came through town. So we work very closely with the Tracing Center, uh, U.S. Coast Guard Trading Center. Um, they're, they're Cape May, you know, that's, we are a Coast Guard community. Cape May County is a Coast Guard community, but Cape May, we, we are a Coast Guard. So we house it. Uh, Representative Lobiondo, he was very stern with his words when he was here and when he was in office to, you know, he, he made sure that that training center was the finest on the East Coast and, and in the world, almost, I would say. So I'm very proud to work with the men and women down there. I, I work um, with the Coast Guard Police Department, our staff, my detective unit works with them daily. Our patrol division works with them. Um, and we have an interlocal dis um, operation with them where we can go on base, make arrests for, of civilians. Uh, we have the, you know, um, their, their housing down there that is under our command, under our, our protection as well. So we work very closely with the Coast Guard and um, they're, they're great to have. What other agency, you know, in, on this East Coast has that, you know, dynamic. You know, I'm, a, I'm the police chief of three towns. So go to, go to elsewhere in Lower Township in Seattle City. They have one mayor, one council, one body to answer to. I have three. So I have one city manager to answer to, but the mayor calls me from both, both towns and we talk and we interact and their solicitors and their clerks and I work very closely with all of them. So. You know, and like you said, Deacon, three very, very different towns. <clears throat> yes, very and then you have the, you know, the Coast Guard base, it's, it's its own, own country. You know, you have individuals coming to that Coast Guard base weekly, monthly, from all walks of this country. You know, so you have some young gentleman or lady from Idaho who's never seen the ocean before coming here. We've had people, go, you know, come here and, and just not be able to handle being in the Coast Guard and want to get out and being, you know, they, they go AWOL and they, they want to, you know, run down the beach. I, you know, I remember in 99 chasing a young gentleman down the beach because he just wanted to go home to see his mom. You know, we had to get him back to the Coast Guard base and, just, you know, and make sure he felt home. And they did that. And, and he stayed. And, but you have all walks of life coming here. And Cape May, Cape May Island, as I call it, we're a melting pot. Not to use the word as a country being a melting pot, but we are. We, we have all walks of life that come here. We enjoy that. And it's, you know, from Asians to Blacks to Whites to indifferent, it, you know, everybody comes here. And Deacon, when you hinted earlier about, you know, you're not a doomsdayer, but you're a preparer for doomsday and I am. preparation being key. Uh, it wasn't lost on me yesterday while we were kind of getting ready for the show. You know, two FBI agents gave up their lives down in Florida. They, did. they didn't go to work that day thinking, you know, we're going to go serve a warrant and, you know, not go home. And, yeah. you know, by the grace of God, you know, we don't get to that extreme here, but you know, there are times where I think, you know, you guys have to prepare for, you know, what happens in North Cape May with a truckload of whatever, you know, right. or, you know, it's, and, you know, so I, I appreciate the, the preparedness aspect. Yeah, it's very difficult today because we have, you know, it just, okay, people think, oh, Cape May, nothing ever happens here in Cape May. I didn't read it in the paper. I didn't see it on Facebook. So it's not true. We have drugs. We have, we have, we have robberies. We have, you know, Things that go on, theft. We've had homicides. We've we've had officers killed in the Cape May County area, um, doing their job. So I, I, 
I strongly um, come to work every day with the mindset of this may be my last day because it's it's work. It is what it is. All our officers come to work. They put the badge on. They kiss their families goodbye, just like I do. Um, their children and their loved ones, and they come to work to protect this city. And you drive around, and you're like happy because you're in Cape May or you're in West Cape May. But the island is not 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 vulnerable. We're very vulnerable to attack to, to people. I don't want to scare anybody, but understand we're prepared uh, as best we can, just like any other police department. Uh, we're among one of the finest police departments in New Jersey on the East Coast in the country. So I'll put myself in this department up against any other. Uh, we have a young group of officers, a lot of seasons, all seasoned officers. I respect them because this job in this office, I can't do anything without them. So just like I've spoken to Chief Coulter about his firemen and women uh, and, and mine, police officers, we're nothing without them. We're nothing without our community. We're nothing without, you know, the people that pay for us to be here and to make sure we have the tools to do our job. No, Deacon, speak, speaking of firemen, uh, good morning, Michael Clark. Hey, good Michael. morning. I'm sorry that I was late, but, um, yeah, I didn't know if you had a chance to talk to Deacon a little bit about uh, his experience as a fireman, but, uh, you know, Deacon's a very experienced uh, fireman, and I think that helps him in his job as a police officer as well. Um, just, I mean, an unbelievable uh, you know, amount of respect for him um, as far as um, you know, being a fireman because uh, it's it's um, it's a volunteer job, but as Deacon knows, it's um, a very dangerous job as well as police officers. But um, you know, it just it makes him more valuable, I think, as a police officer and to the city of Cape May, West Cape May, and Cape May Point. True. I mean, I, I you know I decided to do two careers that you know shorten my lifespan, uh, you know, other than smoking, you know, so. Uh, Michael, I agree. Um, I, I respect you as far as your position as well. You've been at that in, the, in in the fire profession as well. You know what it is. You're coming from a rollover where you got out of bed or got out of your office and went to a rollover, not knowing if it was going to be a family member, a friend, a child, a mother going to work, going to school, and you did it. And you're a volunteer. I don't take anything away from the paid guys, but the volunteers in my heart, that's what I've always been. I volunteer at a lot of things. I'm a mason. I volunteer with the fire department, we get out of bed at two o'clock in the morning for that alarm that may not just be an alarm. It might be that, that call, that, that time. So, you know, I respect the fire profession immensely. Um, Michael, you know what it is. It's also brought me and grounded me with the ICS uh, conception as far as how things are going. This kind of, you know, I need to be prepared. And when I say ICS, I mean the incident command system that we use, and you'll see me use it a lot. We do it on the little things, the little missing children or missing this is small events because then when the big things happen, we're prepared and you, you the firemen do it well. They do it on every single alarm. They set up command, they set up a perimeter. They, you know, they establish groups. We do that as police officers as well. And we need to continue that because we've had a lot of events that I've shut this town down, down before for a pipe bomb in, in, in the gas station and different things. And we evacuate people and we move people around. We have the beaches. We're very, very lucky that we've not you know, sustained anything real. What time did that alarm go off this morning, Mike? What, what happened? Uh, about 7.40, 7.45. So I knew I, I, knew I was going to be uh, late. But the problem is, is, like Deacon said, I mean, it's an emergency. You don't know how bad it is, who it is, or anything like that. It's just it's, it's ingrained in you. You have to respond. I mean, and, you know, I was committed to this show, but I'm also committed to serving my community and, and you know, um, and getting out there and helping people. So, you know, I was up again last night at 1.30 for another, um, you know, fire call. So like Deacon said, it, it, it happens all the time. And, and I just can't roll over and hit my, like a snooze button. I got, you know, if I'm home and, and I'm, you know, I'm able to, I just, I, I feel like I have to go and respond and, and um, help. That's correct. It's, it's huge. You roll over, hit the snooze button. I mean, that's one less man or woman on the truck. One less hand in the fire. One less hand in the car pulling someone out, reaching in through a window to grab someone out of a building or, or, or your brother out of a building or sister out of a building. So, yeah, we can't roll over. We can't. Hey, Deacon, as far as the, the, the uh, a new police building goes, yep. Uh, yep. and when we are, we're glad for the firemen because that was sorely needed as well. But uh, there, I, I've heard talk about a possibility of a substation at the library could happen if you don't get a new building. Yeah, I mean, there's there, there's talk of it. I mean, you know, our building we're currently in City Hall, so you know they're they're trying to keep maintain it. They're doing some pointing, as the mayor had instructed us and told us in meetings. So 
we have a lot of leaks here. We have a lot of, you know, sensitive equipment in this building we, we need to protect. So there was talk about a, sub, a substation, you know, in, at the library or, or elsewhere. You know, the problem is with Cape May is we need to be connected to the mall and we need to be connected to people. They need a place to come in and walk in and, and, talk, and talk to the police, pay their ticket. So we kind of just need to find a location that works best in this town so that we can be here for the walk-ins, for the people, and a lot of different locations, but we're, we're kind of thin on land. And I know there's been talk about land swaps and different things with, um, you know, the areas in town. So I, I don't know all the logistics there, so I can't speak on it. I just know my conversations with the mayor have been genuine in the fact that his desire to get us a police department is real and that we're going to focus on that and along with the firemen at the same time. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Deacon, what was your feeling about the open container rule in Cape May this year that can implement it because of the COVID? It's a great question, Ed. Yeah, I, I appreciate that question, actually, because COVID threw us into a world where it was the unknown. You know, these businesses, and I, I applaud the local businesses for uh, adapting and trying to overcome because, it, you know, they're, they're used to have setting up in, you know, April or May and opening up and being open all summer without any restrictions. And we all had to adapt from enforcement uh, to, to these businesses. So I applaud the businesses for that. The open container rule for us, and it, it may be against what council thinks or what some other people think, as far as I'm concerned, and this police department's concerned, it worked for us. Um, because Cape May is very unique in the fact that you have the morning bikers on the mall and the boardwalk and people walking around. Then you have the beachgoers. Then you have the crowds going to dinner. Then you have the crowd going to ice cream. Then you have the, the wedding crowds and the, and the old crowds going to the bar and enjoying themselves. That mixes into 12, 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. That's when the, uh, the treachery comes into play after, after hours. So having it from 12 to 12 and cutting off alcohol at 12 o'clock, uh, we worked very closely with the ABC. Um, they had to make changes. And I think the last council, um, they, they made some concessions to the liquor laws. Um, it worked for us because for us, as a, from a law enforcement standpoint, the alcohol was somewhat over by midnight. And by one o'clock in the morning, people were Ubering home safely. I didn't have people stumbling down the mall and they're enjoying themselves. Don't get me wrong. I was going to say, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And by two o'clock in the morning, it was pretty quiet. You know, I don't have people damaging property down the mall because people get, you know, they get a couple drinks in them and they walk down the mall and you, you get the increased domestics, you get the increased bar fights and nothing against the bars themselves, but people drink and they get blood muscles. It's clearly what it is. Brady, you know, you have, you know, I don't know that you have that type of riffraff over there, but you know, we get it over here and people come from out of town, they bump into our locals and they get a little bit too much drinking and it causes a problem. But from a safety standpoint, from our, st our staff, I'd rather them be safe than sorry. And then the community be waking up to a, a brighter community with, you know, less beer bottles around. And we did that. And the open container worked. People were in their little sippy cups walking around town doing anything. We didn't have a lot of issues in my respect, in the department's respect with it. It worked. I was going to say, when you saw Wendy walking down the mall at midnight with one, there was no issues. No, it was in her Yeti, and she kept it. It was 11.58 p.m. I was under curfew, and it was empty, so there was no problem. Listen, listen what's in your Yeti is not my concern. It's how you act with your Yeti in your hand. So act, <laughs> act accordingly and do your thing, and you won't have a problem. So enjoy yourself. Hey, guys, like I say, um, it's, it, when, when alcohol is involved, it's not always the riff that the typical riffraff that are the people you got to be worried about. It's the people who are well-behaved in, in, in normal times are the ones you have to look out for when, when you add some alcohol. Correct. <laughs> but, uh, was, that the biggest, uh, was that the biggest challenge that you faced with the COVID situation this summer? Was the open container or from a no, COVID, COVID for us was very life-altering, department-altering, because we had to adapt quickly and I got to give praise to Jerry Enderwise with that because he and Chief Marino and uh, the other individuals that kept me strong, that I have to applaud that whole group, Laurie Taylor and the people that were part of the mall and the, and the businesses, the, the bid, they came together to reopen businesses safely, satisfactorily um, with masks. I mean, we were tasked with walking down the mall and telling people to put masks on their face. You know, the executive orders came out two, three times a day and they changed with Governor Murphy and, and his group every day and it, to adapt to that on top of doing police work and parking tickets and and traffic accidents and fire calls 
it's a lot. And, and Kate May Strong really stepped up. And this community, you saw, we, we did it different. I couldn't pay attention to anybody else and how they were doing it because we were doing it our way. You know, with masks and, and sanitizing, we had, you know, worrying about our own families with COVID, trying to get our kids through Zoom and, and worrying about how that was going to work. I mean, it was very difficult. And it's what you pay us to do, but no one expected to have to do all that. And we're still there. We're going to go into this next summer with that same challenge of trying to get people protected, stay safe, and, and do that. So it's hard. COVID is not over. The vaccines are not done. Um, you know, some of my staff has been vaccinated. Uh, we gave the option to them to do it. Uh, we, we also gave them up the option not to do it. And some of them are waiting to the next phase. But essential personnel were put first after the doctors and nurses. And we're, we're in that phase. And I got to praise the Cape May County Health Department um, for doing so and, getting, and keeping us safe and getting the vaccination started. They're important and they're crucial. I, I, I answered your question. Sorry. I, I got to say something for, for you, um, you know, for Tony Marino and the, the other chiefs. Um, you guys also are dealing with, with the huge challenge there in that you all work in such close proximity to each other on a oh. daily basis and keeping each other safe. And, you know, God forbid one of your officers um, contracts COVID. Um, you're, there's a very good chance it's going to spread like wildfire through the department. You it got, has. Yeah. All the you know all the chiefs in the county seem to buy mm -hmm. that uh, modified schedule that they went to that allowed for a two week period so that if anybody got uh, infected, yep. it allowed it, it allowed you to contain the the infected people a lot easier. And uh, I'll tell you what, it you know I, I hear about stories from other parts of the country where entire departments, uh, police departments, fire departments. Uh, became infected and it's just it's a disaster it is definitely I mean, we we you know chief marino and 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 jerry enterprise they made some strict rules to push forward making each officer wear a mask in the car when they're doubled up having the, the social distancing in the station it's very hard we're family here it's very hard for me to stay with my secretary or, or or speak with the detectives about things and you know dealing with city hall being closed and then dealing with the public you know, we have our mask, but you, you got to remember, you know, along with your cell phone, you got to remember your mask and everything else, your keys to your car when you run out the door. I ran all the way up to the Walmart door and forgot my mask and ran all the way back to my car because of the darn mask. So, you know, it was one of those things, but it's, very, it's challenging. It's going to be continually challenging uh, for, for this. This is the new flu. Yeah. Hey, Deacon, how many officers are there on the staff? But currently we have 20. Uh, with, with Chief Marina retiring, we dropped to, you know, the 19. Uh, we have one officer that's detached in the military right now. We have one officer in the academy. So 16 patrol officers, four command officers. Um, we're looking to hire some more. You know, we need to get up to speed. Um, we need to hire, you know, three, four, five more. You know, we made a promise to Westgate May and Cape May Point that we would have five officers working the street um, and, you know, a sergeant and two officers in each zone. We need to get back to that. We need to strengthen that. We hired 10 class twos or so a season. I've spoken in, in great length with manager Vol about that. He's, you know, he's in, you know, been very clear with what we're going to do there and how we're going to move the department forward and getting the proper staffing um, and the numbers we need because we need to be safe. I can't have a three-man squad working over these COVID hours and one guy at the hospital and one guy here. It's unsafe anymore. We need to have at least four men working, men and women working a day on the shifts plus some, some other personnel. Uh, I'd like to get up to five a squad, but it's going to be difficult. We understand Chief, that. did we hire last summer did we hire fewer class twos and class ones we were we were definitely we were definitely shunted with COVID. i had uh, our detectives had interviewed uh, a litany of people we had seven prepared to go to the academy and we had to tell all seven that the academy was closed because the cape may county wow. police academy who do a great job uh, director DePaul and the chiefs association cape may county chiefs association do a great job keeping people safe they had to make a hard decision to cancel that academy which i got we were we were to receive seven Look at towns like North Wildwood and Wildwood. They hired 30 to 40 people. So they were 30 to 40 people lighter. So enforcement in the city of Cape May was 7 to 10 people lighter. That means less parking tickets, less cops on the mall. I know there's issues with dogs on the mall. So if I have less cops on the mall, I can't address that. And putting a cop on the mall to make sure somebody has a mask on and making sure that your dog's not on the mall is a challenge. Which one do I do first? I know it was brought up in last night's council meeting. We're going to address that. We're going to make our best efforts to keep the dogs off the mall and do what we can there on top of enforcing masks and everything else. So this year, the academies are moving forward with the um, direction of the uh, Cape May County Chiefs Association and the director, Director DePaul and his staff. And we're going to do the best we can. We have people lined up right now for the academy 
We have an active list for full-time employees, and I'm looking to hire three or four. I need them. We need, we need, we need men and women for this department. So we've got, we've got about five minutes left for everybody's knowledge, um, and you talked a lot about challenges. You're certainly no, no shortage of challenges for you in this nope. new position, but I wanted to ask a, a different question. You've been in this business, if you call it a business, uh, your life's work for 25 years. What has yep. been and what do you think of as the most rewarding part of the job? The give back. What happens after we make an arrest? I've, I've been in this job for 25 years making arrests, uh, dealing with people. Normally, I, we deal with people at their very lowest. You know, either someone's been, you know, they, they've lost something, something's been stolen from them, they've had an argument with their, their spouse, um, and or in a car accident or something. You know, you don't call the police if you're just having a great day. You call the police when your day is not so great. So the re rewarding part is doing this job, interacting with the community, and then seeing them later on in the day or walking through a store and them saying, thank you. I've, I've arrested a lot of people. And the one thing I get is that I know I did my job when years later, or after they've been incarcerated or after they've been rehabilitated, that they can look at me or, my, or our staff and say, thank you. Because that's what police work's about, is doing the right thing all the time. You know, they talk about integrity, they talk about honor, honor, duty, honor, respect, doing the right thing. And that's what the Cape May Police Department does. They do the right thing. Not that other police departments be different, it's just we do it. We just do it different here. We, we, you know, what we do here in Cape May is completely different. What you can do in Lower Township, you know, and and Wildwood, we can't. We deal with a different clientele. People have a different level of, of expectations when they come to Cape May. So, you're dealing with people from New York City, Cape May, and areas like that. That here they expect the police department to treat them different. A parking ticket is the biggest thing in their life when you deal with it in Cape May, and they're up in upheaval. I, I spend hours in court on parking tickets when. You can go to other places and you just pay it and you're done with it. Keep people here, they'll, they'll, they'll very angry about parking tickets. So <laughs> we're different here. We're unique, but we're still good. Anything well, I think... Go ahead, Dee. No, no, I was just, any, any other questions? I'm, I'm here. I know you have short time, so. Anybody else have anything for Deacon? I think we covered a lot of ground with you, Deacon. Um, Ed, the one thing I, before we close real quick, I, the one thing, the challenges that we have with COVID and everything else are, are real, but the, the challenges that we have with the social economic differences in this country right now are greater. So I want everyone to understand that this department will move forward in doing the best we can. Uh, we, we are in the process of uh, attacking the upward challenge of getting body worn cameras, uh, less lethal devices of, of management for people. Um, our department wants to be transparent and we will be transparent. Um, the government and uh, this council has, has told me they want us to be transparent and do the right thing. So we're going to seek that. We want every avenue to protect the citizens, our staff, and be transparent to everybody, uh, treat everybody fairly. Um, it's hard to do. You know, there's people that come through with protest and they want to they have a voice. We need to give everyone a voice and protect them at the same time. I can't shun a, pro, a political group and I can't shun a Black Lives Matter group or something like that. Everyone has a right to come to the city and, and, and have a voice and we'll do that. As long as you come here peacefully and you respect our town, you can do so. I'll give everyone a platform to speak because that's what America's about and that's what Kate May's about and that's what this police department's about. So thank you for having me on. Hey Deacon, real quick, as far as technology goes, is there anything the police force needs in that field? Do you guys wear body cams? Yeah, we're we're in we're in contact with Axon, the body camera company, um, to purchase. You know, the mandate's going to be for every sworn officer having contact with people uh, on the street, uniformed or detective vision, has to have a body camera on. So that comes with challenges of where do you store that information? How it's not cloud based? How where does it go in a server? It's expensive to do so. The cameras aren't cheap. Class twos have to wear them, full-time officers have to wear them. I expect you know, that I have to wear one when I'm out interacting with the public just to protect myself and, and the community. We wanna do so. So the challenges of how to, how to hire officers, put body cameras on, it's a very expensive for one officer to employ them, uniform them, put a camera on them, put cameras in our car. Uh, my radio system right now, are, are, we need to go to a digital radio system and we need to get a better system because right now our, our VHF is not the greatest and we need to spend approximately $215,000, $220,000 just to get radios. Michael, you're aware of that, how that works in, 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 in the business. So we need to get better. 
So it's going to be a very big lift, and we're going to ask the you know the council and the others give us the, the green light to get some of these equipments to make it better for us. Well, Deacon, uh, thanks for coming on. I know a lot of people uh, wanted to hear from you. Uh, I think the city made a, a great choice. Your resume speaks for itself. And congratulations. We're glad to have you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And listen, everybody on this show, you guys do a great job. Because without you guys, uh, without Wendy pushing the button, without John and, and Ed and, and Brady and Ed, you guys and Michael, you guys bring the voice out. You, you, you expose the good about Cape May and you talk about things. Reading it in the paper is one thing, but having a different view from all of you is great. People can sit down and share this and look at this later on in the day. And, and I watch it nine o'clock at night, sometimes one o'clock in the morning if I missed it in the morning. And you talk about the real topics. Um, you know, you can read it in the Star and Wave. You can read it in Herald. But hearing it right now and asking questions, I think outside of what you guys do, maybe having a call-in session might help you have more answers. You know, people could call in. Not that you want to hear from everybody because you have to give them a five-minute limit, you know, but you, you want to try to voice it. But you guys do a great job, and Cape May uh, is better for having the locals. That's, well, that's an interesting suggestion. I mean, we've got <laughs> – We've you may gotten, not want to hear what they say, John. You, if you were in the phone lines, oh my goodness, you're going to hear it. And, I, uh, I will say something funny though, Deacon, because um, we if we go like a minute over, it doesn't really hurt us with this format. But you know, in the last few days, through the Star and Waves Facebook and my own Facebook, I've written retiring police chief or you know welcome the new police chief right. um, a dozen times. And now all the ads on my Facebook are for concealed carry holsters. Like they think <laughs> I'm a retiring Leo and I'm going to yeah. still carry, you know, it's. That's, big, that's just big brother paying attention. That's how you know. Don't absolutely. Look up, don't look up the wrong thing because it'll be all over your Facebook feed. If you look up the wrong thing on Amazon, you're going to find out. That it'll be on your Facebook page. I've, I've made that mistake, you know. Hey Deacon! Well, congrat yes, congratulations, Deacon. We hope uh, we hope you come on periodically because I think it, it I think it'd be good for the people to hear, you know, what's going on. Because obviously, with COVID continuing, there's going to be more changes. Absolutely. Um, as we go along, and I think it's important to keep the the public informed. So, uh, we hope to see you on again. And communication is key. I need to I need yeah. to keep you guys informed. I, I need to hear what you got to say too. Tell me what you hear. My phone number, you know, it's, it's here. You call the department anytime, 609-884-9500. Give me a call. Let me know what's going on. And, you know, my door is always open. Open door policy here. If I'm not in here, I'm on the street. And if you also ever want to come on, Deacon, because something's coming up that we're not aware of, please yeah. let us know. I contact with John and Ed all the time, and I see Brady and all the time. So, Michael, not so much, but we'll see each other every, every now and then. And, Joe, I see you. So. Yep. Well, good luck. Deacon. Good, and yes, God, good luck and Godspeed. Thank you. And Deacon, another door that's always open for good coffee at 5 a.m. is the Mission Inn. There it is. I hear, I hear you love their coffee. You're missing it. I know you are. So, well, well, so they'll when, be open. When we, when we start to reopen, we might have to do a little uh, socially distanced uh, coffee hour here. Yeah, listen, I hope so. Absolutely. I'll come down and have a cup of coffee and, you know, we can go back to that doing shows at Brady's place. That coffee better be damn good oh, from what I'm hearing. Listen. Thank you, guys. Uh, before we go, Michael, I had a few listeners this week that uh, has a question for you. Uh, uh, Monday, the governor implemented a uh, uh, state of emergency on Monday, correct? Correct. Right. So I've had a few people say, are banks allowed to be closed two days in a row? Like, if they're closed on Sundays for the most part and a holiday on a Monday, but when there's a state of emergency, can they go two days in a row being closed? Uh, I don't know that answer for sure. I just know that normally banks don't want to be closed. And um, I know I think it's always been our policy, unless it's mandated by, like, the state of emergency or something like that. Banks normally aren't closed. Okay. All right, because I know they were close on Monday, and people were saying that they like to close again on Tuesday if they have to, and, and Wednesday. I said, we got a banker on the show. Let me ask him. Yeah, well, we we weren't closed. We were open. I mean, the lobbies are still. Sturdy was open Monday. Yeah, the, the lobbies were are, are closed still right. due to COVID and, and some other things, but um, um, but the drive-thrus were all open, so we were open. And the last note of the show, Wendy, guys, You'll see our last names 
who we are. Our last names are up there. But I'm curious, Mr. McLaughlin's last name is not up there. It's like I don't know how to do. How do you do that? I wouldn't pick on Joe as much as I would pick on Michael, whose last name is iPad 294. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how that gets on there. And listen, I, I'm not a tech guy. I just know how to sign on and sign off. That's it. So. <laughs> I was going to say, what the heck does Joe have to hide? I put his last name up there. I, I don't know how to do it. Chief Deacon Fashaw figured it out. Joe will figure it out. Mine said, oh, Chief, mine said the, Chief Marino, so I had to change it quickly because this is his the, 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 the Chief is still a lieutenant on Facebook, so we'll have to update his Facebook. <laughs> I'll for a change while. it. We'll, we'll fix that. <laughs> oh, give me a give me a call, Joe. We'll we'll hook you up. All right, Wendy. And, and, yeah, and, and right, yeah, I, I iPad Mike, you're gonna have to get that off there somehow. Hey, uh, um, guys, uh, I have one subject I want to talk to you about after we shut down. If you can hang just for like another minute. Sure. All right. All right, so uh, welcome to the uh, locals, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show with Deacon. Thank you. And uh, we'll be back again, uh, episode 138, very soon. Thanks for watching, and stay tuned to the locals, okay? Yeah, have a great day. Yeah.